call me Dr. Jones, known as the Night Tripper. Got my satchel of gris-gris in my hand. Dig me tripping up and back down to buy you. I'm the last of the best, they call me the gris-gris man. What's up? Got many clients. Hello, everybody. How are ya? Welcome to the Poor Boys Podcast. I'm your host, Jody B. Or that motherfucker. Dead motherfucker. Hey, how's it going? I'm glad y'all showed up. We got a pretty fun episode today. Um... Through my expeditions here in Little Rock, through the comedy scene, I've had the pleasure of meeting a few people, and uh, this man is one of those people, Mr. Paul Hodge. Um, he's actually friends with Jay Jackson, another guest. If you're a listener, then you would know who I'm talking about. If not, take your ass back to the archives and find the episode with Jay Jackson. I enjoy talking to comics, man. I think that's really kind of what the the ultimate goal was, if I'm just being 100% honest. I want to talk to comedians. I want to get different perspectives on the world and life and how things are going. And the, I think that's kind of what I want to do with this show. So, today is an episode with a comic. A guy that apparently has had a pretty interesting, you know first half of his life and uh yeah man it takes a special kind of person so i um i enjoyed having him on we had some good conversation and uh the end part's pretty funny i'll let you know uh you'll hear exactly what i'm talking about (laughs) and yeah racism (laughs) saying bad words I don't know, man. It's weird. It's even weirder when it's two white dudes talking about it. Like, if I was talking to Papa Wright, I probably would have said whatever was on my mind. I'm just... I don't see the point in saying racist shit just to say it. Like, I think it's okay to use the words because I can safely say in my lifetime, I have never, I have not one time in my life out of anger or just out of being funny referred to a black person as a nigger i've not done it i've seen a lot of people do it and it just don't feel right it's icky man so to just drop it out of nowhere for the sake of dropping it just to be funny i don't know i think you need to have a little more finesse i'm not a guy that likes low-hanging fruit you know like i don't call fat people fat it's just there's you got to be a little more creative so you'll see there is a part towards the end of this where uh, where shit gets interesting. And, uh, yeah. I'll try to hammer out the punchlines. <laughs> I'm not a racist person. But I also don't believe in leaving a joke untold. So I gotta figure out what the, what the funny part is about that. <laughs> shit. Well, now that I got, you know, all the foul language out of the way, you motherfuckers sit back. And prepare yourself for Mr. Paul Hodge. 
local comic and new friend to the Po Boys podcast. And uh, yeah, man, I'll catch your ass after the show. You got love troubles, you got a bad woman you can't control, I got just the thing for you. Something called controlling the hearts of getting together. There was fucking in the anteroom and fucking on the stairs. You couldn't see the carpet for the short and curly hairs. Singing balls in against the wall. If you never get fucked on a Saturday night, you'll never get fucked at all. The daughter, she was there, the cunning Hello. Hello. Mr. Paul Hodge, how the hell are you? And I'm good. I'm sitting here, and as soon as I actually brought your number up to call, my baby started rolling around, and I'm watching him in the baby monitor right now, and I'm trying to figure out if he's going to go back to sleep. Okay. Do you have any kids, Paul? No, I don't care what that bitch told you. Dude, this is this is intense. Like, I think they have that ESP where they can tell when you really want to do something. And they're just like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> you don't get to do anything <laughs> yeah. you want to do today, bro. Man, so yeah. All right, I think he's situating. Good deal. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Good deal. I say I got your levels good. All right. So, yeah. Welcome to the Po' Boys Podcast, Paul Hotch. Um, wow, well, thanks for having me. I had a friend of yours, one Mr. Jay Jackson, on the show uh, a few months ago, and he spoke very highly of you, and I didn't realize that you guys were actually friends. Um, so that just kind of Oh, we go back, dude. I know, and that's what he was saying. So when he told me that, I said, well... Now I've got to run down Paul. And unfortunately, I'd only met you maybe twice at that point. And uh, I don't think maybe you have some uh, social media presence, but I only do Twitter. So I didn't see you. I couldn't find you at first. And then lo and behold, bingo. <laughs> so yeah. I appreciate you taking the time. I don't out. do Twitter much. It's, it's something I've been trying into but you know it's kind of like the facebook pages of comedians you can't stand it's all lies and bullshit see i like twitter more i think because unfortunately it's um it is a little more joke format you know like at least it makes you work for it a little where you gotta fit everything into the the 140 so that helps i think is it 140 or 160 i don't fucking know it's 140 <laughs> Shit. So yeah, um Paul is a is a comedian and I uh I got to see a little bit of your work that night. Unfortunately I haven't got to catch as much. I understand uh you're are you actually do you run the open mic in Hibernia or what's like what's the deal with that? Because I remember you mentioned it to me once. I, I do run it. So you're actually kind of one of the guys right now that's that's really trying to keep the momentum going and keeping the the come the comic scene in Little Rock moving forward. And so for that, I say thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, 
right on, man. I, you know, like to develop other comics, help out where I can. I also do some showcases, so I get lots of people get on, get up, and at you know a booked event and kind of show out a little bit. So it's it's kind of rewarding. So, how long have you been doing it, Paul? October second was my three year anniversary. And already, I've seen you. Have you done a whole lot of touring? Have you tried to get out on the road a lot? Have you stayed around Little Rock? Like, what's kind of the experience been for you just being this far in now? I haven't done a ton of touring, but I haven't really focused on that as of yet. Yeah. I have gone to Memphis, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, from, you know, other places in Arkansas. I was supposed to go to Tulsa a couple months ago, but work conflict right so you're unfortunately you're like the rest of us and you have your day job still huh <laughs> yeah it sucks doesn't it I yeah was, it really does i was talking to a guy last week who just he's been two years off of a 10-year run and he was talking about how i guess towards the end you know he's like it's better doing what you're doing or what what most people I think would be doing now, which is working and then spending your hobby time doing it. Then having all day, every day, you know, seven days a week to sit around and just do comedy as the way he put it. He's like, dude, it's just, it's weird. He said, you kind of lose yourself in it. <laughs> He's like, you don't really, you lose touch of real life. Cause it's like, you're just doing that stuff. Back to that. It seems like it. I was listening to a show the other day and they said that, uh, if you are just constantly touring and flying and stuff, like all your material turns into airport jokes, you know, or, you know, plane announcement jokes or some shit like that. It's like you just kind of end up. <laughs> well, you're right, but you know, and if that's all you're doing is traveling. And yeah, I mean, I was talking about it with another local comic guy named Jared Lowry. We were driving back from a show in baseball last night and, you know, that's an hour and a half drive. Yeah. And even that, you know, I, you know, well, I worked all day, drove out there, we did a show, and driving back, it got to be like, man, I'm ready to be done with this, and that's only an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, like, I don't know, like, what would be the price? Because obviously, if you're not making a lot of money doing it yet, and I don't know what you're doing, but I'm just saying in general, like, if you're still not really getting paid paid, and you want to travel to do little showcases and shit, like... I think the closest place, like Hub, would be Austin, huh? That's like an eight-hour well, fucking I, drive, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. Tulsa and Memphis have pretty good scenes, and it's, uh, it just I just depends on what kind of connections you can make and what kind of shows you can get on, but I don't know. Hmm. See, I wonder, just because now... From what Jay was telling me, there's pretty much a place to do open mics or at least stand up every night here, right? And at least in central Arkansas area, pretty much every night, every other night? Every weeknight. Yeah. So, we haven't quite gotten, you know, the weekend going yet, but. So but now I'm, there's, a, there's a show on Mondays and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Damn. Well, see, I guess the Looney Bin actually cranks it on the weekend, so that's probably... Is that what it no. is? It's just because that's, that's the, the actual comedy club, so everybody that's anybody goes to do that stuff on the weekend? Is that... 
I haven't been there on a weekend. I've only come on open mic night. So I haven't even seen the Looney Bin with a lot of people in it yet. <laughs> well, I think I have good shows. I'll have other shows on the weekend, too. So, like, I'll, I'll do showcases on the weekend periodically, and Jay does some. But. It's crazy he was talking about kind of hanging it up for a while, huh? Is that a... Yeah, well, you know, it, it gets a little taxing sometimes. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, you can... He said he's... Know, people don't realize how much goes into producing, and, you know, uh, I think he's ready to just kind of focus on some other things for a while, and, man, I get it. I think it's one of those things that you burn yourself out. You know, like you do anything too long, you kind of get tired of it. But if it's something you like and then you just do it, I think uh, you'll eventually kind of just, you got to take a break. And it might be a long break, you know, it's just, I wonder how long you go till you get the itch though. Like, because you can't kill creativity. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're a creative person, even if you take a step back, I feel like eventually you're going to have to do something to have an outlet if it's something you've done for, say, 20 years, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, after a while, like, I I think I don't really get to take a break as much just because I run that weekly open mic. Yeah. But, you know, I think about if I took a break sometime, I wouldn't know what to do without it. There was one random night where uh, a Hibernia had an electrical problem, so we didn't have open mic that night. Count on maybe two hands the number of Thursdays I have not been to a Hibernia on a Thursday in the last three years. Three of them were Thanksgivings, and then others were like, you know, Nice when they had uh, a show there. There's a lot of times when I, we didn't have a show that I wound up there anyway. Like, there's a band called The Blaggers, uh, Irish rock band that tours, and they pack out Hibernia when they're there because they're awesome. And I usually wind up going to that. And so, having a Thursday night off, I didn't know what to do. That's so crazy, but I guess it is. It's almost like an obsession. You know, like you just, you're so routine to do it. It probably would be weird to not do it at that point. Yeah, if I didn't, if I kind of build my weeks around comedy. You know, Thursday, I know where I'm going to be. And if I go out on Tuesday, I'm probably going to the joint in North Little Rock. And Wednesdays, that's probably going to be the wind event. I got to start going down to the joint. I haven't even been in there. You know, I, I want to start checking out. I want to check out the scene, and uh, the only place I've been so far is the Looney Bin. I've only met like a handful of people, but everybody seemed really nice. You know, I think ninety percent of the scene is just really awesome, positive people. That you know, as long as you get on stage and show respect, you have our respect. Right. Yeah, I think that's a thing because I was listening to some some background talk while I was there uh, the last time I went and did an open mic and I guess somebody was being kind of kind of pissy you know somebody locally or maybe somebody who is starting a big time like maybe they got a, a step up recently in in whatever their situation is so now they're being kind of shitty and that was the point being made was like man <laughs> come around here with that bullshit well, that like, sort of thing you're not as famous now, I mean, as you fucking think you are <laughs> comics are a bunch of egomaniacal jackasses anyway and then when our ego gets stroked a little bit, it can get out of control. 
It is pretty crazy. I think that's why I would fit right in. You know, like I didn't get a lot of attention as a kid. And now as an adult, it's not that I crave attention, but I do get like a thrill out of somebody like being interested in what's going on with me because I've never happened before. You know what I mean? So I think stand-up comedy has got to be like, in a sense, it's like a an aggressive form of like therapy. Like you're basically making people listen to what the fuck you got to say for five minutes or 10 minutes or fitting, whatever. <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, you're going to sit down in yeah, a fucking that's, chair that's and not listen. How I got attention when I was, I was an only child and I wasn't athletic. So, you know, uh, making people laugh was just kind of how I established social value. And I've only met ran with that. I've only had the pleasure of meeting you a couple times, but I think me and you would probably have good yeah. conversation. I, I grew up a really poor kid, you know, so I got made fun of a lot. And I played sports, and that was probably the one thing that got me into more of a, a progressive crowd. But also, since I was the, the broke pee-pee kid, you know, that nobody talked to and made fun of when I was a kid, I could also relate to the burnouts and the goth kids and the, you know what I mean? So I was friends with everybody. <laughs> And then I got shot and then that happened and I got, you know, people would be like, Hey man, how's it going? So I made a lot of friends in school. Now I didn't have anybody that was just, when I went to school, I had people to talk to and that would give me places to go sleep if I needed to, or, you know, if I needed a meal here or there, I'd have buddies to crash with or, you know, that kind of shit. But I mean, and then I would go home and be by myself. So I think I've been like literally crafted for for stand up life, like just being able to mix and mingle and then retire at the end of the day and be like, all right, <laughs> let's recount. Yeah, it sounds like it. That's, I mean, that's a good recipe for stand up right there. Is you know, you're well rounded, but at the same you kind of understand inflation and you know unfortunate things have happened to you. So I mean, right there. You've got material built in just from your life. Like I said, you write what you know. And, you know, people, when they when they don't write what they know, it comes across as disingenuous, and you can't connect with an audience being disingenuous. It would be like me talking about stock market shit. Like if I got on the stage and was just like, so the other day I'm trading, right? And it would just, you'd be like, man. <laughs> You big yeah. goofy looking you know fuck. I know you're not about. doing stocks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know, I think the biggest thing that the biggest point that I've heard people say, and it's very cliche, but I, at the end of the day, if it's something you want to do, do it. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. Because when you try to, like you're saying, when you try to be disingenuous, when you try to craft stories, when you try to make it about just getting somebody's attention versus being yourself and fucking talking about something that annoys you or something that you've sat and thought about. Not something that you've thought about what's going to make somebody laugh, but just a random thought you've had in your head. You know, like that's I think that works better. People can smell bullshit. True, man. I was sitting here thinking today, I was watching TV, and they said something about Chinese New Year, and I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if we had, like, American New Year, where we would have, like, animals? Although, we would have, like, all kinds of really fucked up animals, so it would be, like, the year of the possum, and the year of the pit bull, and shit like that. It would be pretty funny. Just sitting around. That could be a decent bit. Or, like, Southern New Year. 
<laughs> That's not bad. It's it's the year of the duck. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, you write that down, dude. I did. Yeah, I've got a couple things. It's. I really think it's awesome. I don't know. I I feel like sometimes with comedic timing, it's like the first thing when you look at something. The first thing that pops out, boom. That's probably going to be one of the funniest things that you're going to come up with. Just in my experience. I don't know if that's how it works for everybody, but it's usually that very first instinct where you're like, oh, you see somebody with one leg and you go, man, I bet he saves a lot of money on socks. You know, shit like that. Like, it's just, there's some things that are just, that's funny. You can't, you can't sit around and craft that. It just has to be what your brain thinks when you get information to process. I think that's my favorite kind of comedy. Just hearing people stand there and go, oh, would you look at this shit? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, it kind of goes both ways. Sometimes it is the first thing that comes to your mind, but sometimes you have to sit and think about stuff. There's stuff, stuff you know is funny. You just can't quite put your finger on why. I had a joke recently that, well, it was several months ago that I, finally got to work it took me like two years to word it right to where I could actually make it into a decent joke (laughs) I had the concept but I just I couldn't word it I know this is funny (laughs) yeah finally came to me and it just worked I was like alright that was a pretty good feeling I tried one of those that I've been kind of thinking about for a long time. I recorded my last open mic just to, to hear it back. And I know where I'm fucked up now, like just listening to it. I was like, damn, I messed that up. But there's one thing that, that I've seen that I thought was hilarious. And it's just, it's a visual thing. And so to explain it, I have to do this thing. But I, I told this story and it was just, it was weird. So one day at a red light. Right, I'm a truck driver, so I sit in a red light, just minding my business. I look over on the sidewalk, and coming down the street is is a big black dude, right, mm-hmm. in a wheelchair, a motorized wheelchair, with no legs, and he's rolling down the sidewalk. Okay, now he's pulling like a 300 pound white lady in a wheelchair with both legs and she's like hanging on to his shoulders and he's rolling down the street and pulling her like a fucking trailer okay to me seeing that at that very moment was hilarious it's like I know there's something really funny about this is it the irony in that the lady's really fat and she's riding in a wheelchair, but the dude with no legs is using the motor wheelchair to pull her down the street like a trailer? Is that the funny part? <laughs> like, is it, there was so much to process and I know that's funny. That has to be funny. <laughs> it's weird. Like, what the fuck is that? It's funny. I'm not, I'm not sure where the joke is, but it's in there somewhere. Right. I got to dig around. So that was the joke punchline I used was, I couldn't help myself. I rolled down the window. And I said, hey, man, where are you taking that big bitch? And he said, I'm going to go get my dick sucked. This is the only one I could catch. <laughs> you know, something. It's just I see things, and in my mind, they make me laugh. And I'm like, okay, we got to find it. <laughs> and that was that was as far as I got with that one so far. But it worked okay. 
Yeah, that's the thing about comedy is we find where you don't know what it is. Like, I like finding humor in dark places. Like, I have material about, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, I went through, like, pretty bad depression and started, you know, cutting myself with a box knife. I have jokes about it now. Yeah. And <clears throat> one of my favorite jokes to tell. I told a couple of jokes about my dad dying. Like, uh, he wants to go. It was a five-year anniversary of the day my dad died. So I told a couple of jokes about it. How'd they go? Surprisingly <laughs> well. They you got you got a response? Uh, there's good. a few of them people were kinda like, oh shit. I was like, ah yeah, I was like well one of them was at Hibernia, so I mean it was kinda my crowd anyway, because you know, I'm running the mic. I was like, Man, you know, today's five year it was actually that day was the five year anniversary. Yeah. Like, you know, it's five year anniversary of the day my dad died. Because, oh I'm like, Hey, you know, he died doing what he loved. He was on his motorcycle. Well, actually, he was off his motorcycle, and therein lay the inherent problem. That's not bad. <laughs> That's not bad, yeah. man. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Got some chuckles. Some people are like, I don't know if I can laugh at this. And That's like, okay. Yeah, That's, I'm giving you permission to laugh, motherfucker. I prefer if you laugh. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, right? Laugh at my pain. It's awkward if you don't. I'm on a comedy stage. It's awkward if you don't laugh. Come on. I've had <laughs> thoughts about like, and this one, if I didn't realize that you like to get dark, I'm fucking, I can do dark. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I try to be cheery, you know, given some of my circumstances with, with my accident and everything else. There's been a lot of times in my life where I've just kind of sat around and been like, Oof. <laughs> this is, this is fucked up. <laughs> that I can look at now and just realize like it was insanity. Like some days I feel so out of place because I'm living just normal life now. Does that make sense? Like I feel like I got so used to chaos and not knowing and, and just rambling that now sometimes as suburban house dad, I get like weird moments where I'm just like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Like it's, I talk myself off the ledge. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's one of those. Yeah, and you're got, like, how the hell did I get here? Something there. <laughs> something's got to go wrong because everything's going so well. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just waiting for, we're right. waiting for it to happen, and I'll be ready because you know I fucking, I'll get through it like everything else, and it's, it fucks me up some days. You know I shouldn't. Well, now feel when like both that. it happens, I'm like, well, this might as well happen. Yeah, this this is just part of the story. One day when I'm 80, I'm going to write this book, and this is going to be a fun chapter. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to name it after you. <laughs> you know, like this. Well, I'm doing comedy. I'm like, man, eh, maybe this will be a bit. <laughs> I've had some some. There's some that get so dark, like with yours, just there with your dad. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some that will make people uncomfortable. So you really have to, I guess, find a way to sharpen that quick, because if you're just, you know, swinging a pipe at a tree, like <laughs> a lot of people are going to be like, Ugh. like, you're going to have to figure out a way to take the edge off real quick and just make it sha. <laughs> and people go, oh, oh, shit. That's what you're going for, I guess. And then you go, no, 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 it's fine, guys. <laughs> I hated my father. He was an alcoholic, and I killed him. Like, or something, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just take it that step further, double down on him. You probably hit him right in the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's a lot of fucked up people. And I don't mean like in a bad way. I'm just saying like I'm I'm speaking to a lot of people with this podcast. I'm speaking to people through Twitter. I'm listening to shows and there's a lot of fucked up people that do stand up comedy. And not to say they're fucked oh, yeah, up. Yeah, we're I mean that's a given. We we know that. <laughs> we're neurotic, obsessive, arrogant, attention starved, you know what I'm saying? Adolescent yeah. man children. <laughs> yeah, we're just a bunch of broken toys. It's crazy, man. We were listening to. Uh, do you watch a lot of uh, stand up at all? Do you watch like Netflix? Any specials? Oh yeah, yeah. Have you seen uh, Tom Segura's wife, Christina Pajitsky? She just put out an, uh, a special. I don't know how you get down with with your with shows. I've, I'm a fan of Tom, so I'm a fan of his wife too, and their show. And I listen to podcasts and all that good shit. But. I, I like Tom Seger a lot. I've listened to some of his podcasts, but I have not gotten to that special yet. I've listened to this show for like three years. Like that, I think it was one of the reasons I started listening to podcasting and then got into it. Like it's it what bit me was their damn show. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> shit. Anyway. She has a bit where she talks about um, millennials. And she was like, you want to know why we fucking hate you so much? (laughs) She basically breaks that down. She goes, I feel sorry for y'all. She said, it's because you like yourself too much. Said we came from a generation <laughs> where we you know, we were we were latchkey kids. Do you know what that means? And she was like, "Is where you would get a key to your house, and then after school, you would just come home and you would open the door, and then whatever." <laughs> he said, and that was what that was the way it was, and that's how we figured out life. <laughs> He said, and you motherfuckers come along with your helicopter parents and your participation trophies and shit. And she gets into this whole thing and she's like, and you just, you just like yourself a little too much. My generation is very self-loathing and self-deprecating and, you know, it's just loathing. And she's like, our song was Loser by Beck. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how we felt about ourselves. We love grunge music. I loved that song. Yeah, and that's, it made me laugh so hard because it was so true. I was just like, bam, there it is. <laughs> She's dropping knowledge. Yeah. I thought it was I'll hilarious. I'll definitely have to check that out. I think it's, it's good now to, like, try to run stories by people and talk about, like, bad situations. I think it's... If you walk around carrying a lot of that shit on your chest, it can really weigh on you. So I think, like, most people, like, are, I don't know, how old are you, Paul? 36. 36. Okay, so yeah, that's right in the bubble, like, between 30 and 40. I think that's kind of how a lot of people are learning how to deal with shit. You know? Like, it's just, we can talk about stuff. It's okay, man. And then you find out that a lot of people went through a lot of crazy shit, too, and you're like... It's not okay. Well, <laughs> but you guess- when I was going through my own, you know, mental health struggles, I was I was kind of open about it because you know I just I knew it was like a chemical thing. It wasn't all my fault, and I started coming and didn't mind talking about it, and started finding out that a lot of people went through a lot of that shit too, <laughs> and like the cutting and. You know, it's just these dark thoughts, and yeah. I wasn't the only one. And so, 
but it's something we don't talk about because it makes people uncomfortable. You know, we don't want to have to face, you know, this reality that we have a mental health issue on, you know, our, well, really, a it's weird because you this and then because it's it messes with the simple minded approach we have to dealing with things. And so I want to normalize it, man. I, you know, if you have depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, whatever, man, talk about it. I want other people to know that they're not alone because I was a. That was one of the problems that I had when I was going through my issues is that I felt like I was alone. Right. And when I started talking about it, I started finding out that no, not didn't want to talk about it. I'm glad that stuff is evolving now, and that at least some people have figured out an outlet. If it is comedy, if it is podcast, if it is. I, social media, I guess. Social media is a little bit weirder because a lot of people grandstand. So, like, if you're really going through some shit or you really went through some shit and you're trying to offer advice, there are just assholes out there that'll throw in their two cents and want to, you know, oh, you're just fucking, you know, trying to get attention because some yeah, celebrity well, said mean, they're going people through have some shit. What I call internet testicles. And yeah. They kind of, you know, keyboard keyboard warriors and they just they don't feel like they have repercussions for what they say online isn't it crazy and you know what it is Paul it's making people a little crazy in real life it's making people just say things now just say things words (laughs) comments backhanded shit and then they get the fuck beat out of them yeah, they're like, I didn't. I mean, I just called him a black. What the fuck? And it's like, no. Well, maybe you need to right. you need to learn some lessons. <laughs> That's all I said. Well, here's why what I said was accurate. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it is crazy, the amount of people who run their fucking mouths online and also in person, Paul. In this state, I've been all over the place. And I wonder how different it is in other places. Because surely there's trailer parks in in every state. I get that. But I'm saying, like, I've been to some places where motherfuckers are just talking out loud. Some crazy shit. Racial shit. And I'm just like, whoa. (laughs) You guys need to shut the fuck up. (laughs) Because I'm not fixing to help you on this. And I, don't, I mean, you know, I like to meet, you know, people from different walks of life because you just get an idea of how people think. But sometimes you're like, oh, my God, this is still a. It's still just everyday yeah. life, everyday thing. Just. Yep. <laughs> I see rebel flags on a constant basis. People just yeah. walking around. Uh, it's it's crazy. I don't know. I think that it's all just kind of sending a bad message. And I had a dude the other day, and uh, this was a bit that I was trying to think. And uh, he's an older guy, and he's not, I don't think he's a bad person, but I guess if he says shit like this, you got to wonder, right? (laughs) He said something, and he called, uh, let's see, he said that he was doing this job for an uh, I'm assuming it was for an Arabic person, right? <laughs> and he called him a sand nigger. <laughs> and I was like, 
Whoa. Really? So here's what happened to me just then. <clears throat> Two things. I said, well, and this this is my plan normally. When somebody says stuff like that in front of me, I go, does he know you call him that? I'll say that out loud. And then I did say that to him in that situation. He goes, yeah, I call him that to his damn face. So maybe they know each other. I don't know. <laughs> but that's still alive and well, <laughs> you know. Now, he was referring to the dude being Middle Eastern, Israeli. He could have been Indian for all I fucking know, because these are the kind of people we live around. So that happened. And then also, like, as I got in my truck to drive away, I sat there and I was like, I wonder if black people find that word as offensive as if somebody was just slinging that. Like, if I would have been a black driver, would he have still said it to me just then? Like, in his brain, does it not even register? You know what I'm saying? Like, there are people like that who just I don't think it registers things. when he says it to you. I don't know. Like, I wonder. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, is he was obviously talking no, about a, a brown person. <laughs> but would he have said the same shit to another person? It's just weird. Like, people get oddly comfortable these days. <laughs> And then it makes me sit around and think about, like, racial humor, like, shit like that. Like, I wonder if black people think that shit's funny. Do you think black people call other Israeli people that? Like, that's, hmm. Okay, <laughs> is that one of the ones that you can just say A at the end of? Like, how does that work? That's it's interesting. I've heard some pretty fucked up ones. Like, some of them are kind of funny, you know? Like, just, they, it's funny words put together. And I think that's what's fucked up. <laughs> Some people are no, terrible. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess there's a place for it, but like, I don't know. People just don't stop thing. And sometimes I think they just—it's because it's so taboo—is why they enjoy it. It's not even the racial context of it. It's just I got away with saying something I'm not supposed to. Hey, it's like pulling your dick out. It's, it's almost like. <laughs> <laughs> to vent a little, you know, when when they when they can. And really? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> wouldn't it suck if you had Tourette's and that was your tick? <laughs> you could never go anywhere ever. <laughs> Actually, I did see a documentary about British kids with Tourette's, and one of them would scream the N word, and she's like, "I hate it because I'm not racist." And I was like, "Well." You need to stay your ass in England. I think you gotta raise this demon. Somebody get this bitch an exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. Have you ever accidentally like thought somebody was being racist and like tried to step in and then found out that you're the asshole? This happened to me recently. I uh, was talking with my my wife's grandpa. So he's ninety. He's pretty old. And he's never said anything off color in front of me. I can say that. I've known him almost 10 years, and he's never said anything off color. So one day, we're sitting around, and I'm explaining to him where I'm working at, the, at that point. And I said, yeah, I work over there off you know, 13th Street, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, yeah, over there in Dark Hollow. And I was like, huh? <laughs> He said, yeah, 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 over there, Dark Hollow. And I was like, um, Jack, I'm speaking to an 87-year-old man, and I'm going, hey, uh, 
Is that like a nickname? Because yeah. like, there's nicknames for, you know, like Lakewood. You know what I'm saying? Like there's spots where it's kind of a name, but it's not a name. But that didn't sound like one that would be a thing. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you work over there in Dark Hollow. It just so happens there's a lot of projects over there. It's the number streets. I've bought weed over there. I'm just saying, like, it's, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, holy shit. And he, a couple months, you know, go by. I didn't think much of it. I just let that one go. And I said, Jack, I don't know if that's what it's called. Maybe it's something else. A couple months later, we're talking. He says it again. Yeah, you fucking, your office over there in Dark Hollow. And I'm just like, Fuck. Dude, you gotta stop saying this shit. <laughs> so it's that doesn't sound good, Jack. Like I just really think maybe that's not it. It's just the number streets over off North Hills. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "Well, it's Dark Hollow. That's what we've always called it." And I'm like, "Okay, fuck." So then, <laughs> I don't know. Like a few months after that, I'm driving around the neighborhood, and if you go down to the intersection of 13th Street and 12th Street off North Hills Boulevard, <laughs> there's a park right on the corner, and out front is a sign that says Dark Hollow, <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> so yeah, whole time that was all me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is fucked up. And Turns out you're just judgmental. Yeah, I'm an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's I get tired of it. I get tired of some people that really are coming at it like with with real hate, not hatred, but just being ignorant. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna teach that to your kids, man, and you got to think about shit like that. Yeah. No, I think that you know. Well-intentioned people trying to go the opposite way can make you know make it worse a little bit. Um, I was in a bowling league a couple of years ago, and we had a black guy on our team, you know, our buddy Kyle. And so I got there early one day, and a couple of my other teammates were there, and she, they were talking to this lady. They're like, "Well, who else is on your team?" And like, "Oh, Kyle, he's not here yet." And she's like, "Oh, is he the?" Now there were like four black people in the entire league. Yeah, okay. And she's like, oh, is he the guy who's kind of tall? And, uh, and I said, the black guy? <laughs> you can say it. We've told him. He knows. <laughs> like, we can't even describe people anymore. It's just we can't. Like, being a white person, we can't just be like, the black guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's rude. Like, you know, yeah. PC police, don't say that shit, Paul. Don't call him black. It's African-American. Well, well, okay. I, I'm kind of offended by the term African American because that, you know, uh, dismisses people from Jamaica. You know, what about I, them? What about uh, Egy- uh, Egyptian people? They're from Africa. They should be African Americans. Well, yeah. There's a lot of other countries in Africa. Do you ever I like? Know, I always tell people. Go ahead. You always tell people what? Oh, no, I always tell people, the way you get called racist as a white comedian is you acknowledge the existence of race. Like, oh, a black guy said this. Oh, you're a racist. The way you get called racist as a black comedian is you kill a white baby on stage <laughs> and then announce that the reason you killed the baby is because it was white. Because you hate it. <laughs> yeah. 
And even then, actually... somebody'd be like, "Well, maybe what he means is." <laughs> he would have to literally set a baby on fire. Yeah, pretty much. It's <laughs> oh, terrible. I don't know, man. Like it's it's very tense right now. Shit has gotten crazy. Like I, you know. I happen to think, you know, when people say, uh, hang on a second, I just went all over the place there. I had two things to say, and I'm going to get it now. (laughs) One thing was, instead of African-American, when people say things are black, I say African-American. That's a personal joke that I think is funny. I'll say it in front of anybody. I've said it in front of black folks, Hispanic folks, white folks, short folks, tall folks. (laughs) You say black, I say African-American. Hand me that black pen, African-American, bro. Don't say that. <laughs> and uh yeah, that's I try to deal with it that way. Break that tension. You got to. Now, I will say this, fucking white people are getting real comfortable saying the n-word in public on TV and stuff like that, and that's a little obscene. Like you got to settle that down. No, I agree with that. I prefer not and to. I- yeah, I I Rap songs sometimes, if it calls for it. I only say that to people I love. My wife, my best friend, he's black. <laughs> my wife's not, but it is what it is. I think it's one of those things. Like, and I've made this point before. Like, this this is what's up. Eminem, right? <laughs> Who just went off at the BET Awards the other night? I don't know if you heard that little masterpiece. He was a little upset on stage. I, I didn't listen to it, but I mean, I heard about it. Yeah, he got warmed up. I like Eminem. I like the way he raps. I think that he's one of those people that goes to another place in his head. Like when he gets into rap mode, he literally walks into a different door of his brain, and you can hear it in his voice. Like between when he's talking and when he's singing, just like with comics, when you're performing versus when you're speak, like there's a different different person. You just turn the switch a little. Oh yeah. So when he gets in there and he's like, and I'm gonna come and just jump, and he's like growling while he's talking and shit. Like you know, he's putting, he's telling you how he's fucking feeling right now. <laughs> Eminem's put out, I think, like ten ten fucking albums. Okay. Several, you know, top chart. Breaker, you know, he's a fucking millionaire. He's a battle rapper. He's been rapping for 20 something years. You know what he hasn't said on any of his albums? <laughs> Not one fucking time. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. <laughs> when Eminem says it, that's when it's okay. And guess what? Eminem ain't said it. <laughs> so stop it. Stop saying it, fucking. Quickly. Shame on you. <laughs> yeah, well. You think if one white person can get away with it, it'd be him. But if he doesn't do it, nah. That's my point. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's probably a couple other white people that could. Like, I would think Eminem would be towards the top of that list. He's literally put most of his life into making rap music, <laughs> and he's accredited and helped a lot of people out. So, yeah, he gets the pass. Not fucking Bill Maher, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not Dog the Bounty Hunter, not Mel Gibson, <laughs> fucking Eminem. He's the only one. <laughs> Everybody else needs to stop. 
dickhead. <laughs> Quit that shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's what I think when people say shit to me now. Like, it's weird that as a kid I heard the jokes. And they were funny, some of them. But some of them weren't that fucking funny. You know, you sit there and it's like, oh, that's a fucked up joke. <laughs> like, that's the one that you only tell your best friend that's black? Well, it's all about shock value and the fact that, you know, you're saying this word. Is, there's the shock value and you don't have to be creative, you know? I'm going to tell you something where I was working over in Dark Hollow. And I'm, no, maybe it wasn't Dark Hollow. Maybe it was over more towards Broadway, over there in those streets. So, uh, I heard this old black lady say some racist shit one time and, uh, it, it was one of those things where I just had to laugh it off, but I couldn't believe my ears, Paul. This woman was probably 85 years old, 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 old black lady, probably about a hundred pounds soaking wet in a night coat. She would have her hair in a wrap. You know what I'm saying? I would come over. She looked like a skeleton. <laughs> Bless her heart. She was the sweetest old lady. I would go over there and spray her house. I would talk to her. Her name was Miss Alfira. And so I would sit down and talk to her at the end of it. And we just kind of jaw for a minute. And we're talking one day. And she goes, yeah, my grandbaby. She's getting married. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of them things. And I said, what is it, Miss Alfira? <laughs> and she said, well, she's, <laughs> she's marrying this Mexican boy. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, you know what happens when you mix a Mexican with a black kid, right? I said, no, Miss Alfair, what? She goes, you get a kid that's too lazy to steal. And I said, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, my goodness. <laughs> she's 85. She can say whatever the hell she wants. Huh? 85 and like... Uh, <laughs> Like decrepit Medea. I know that's a terrible stereotype, but I'm saying like kind of not fucked up about saying shit, but slow to talk. <laughs> and she was just sitting there laying it on me, and she said, "Getting little babies too lazy to steal." I was like, "Oh shit!" I could never tell anybody this joke ever. <laughs> That's probably not Am a... I allowed to laugh at that? Like, I work with a lot of black people, and I laughed at something the other day, and one of them went, you're not supposed to laugh at that. I'm like, I thought we were all making jokes. She's like, and she was just messing with me, but it was like, she said, you know, there was a word in what she said, and I chuckled, and she was like, hey, you can't laugh at that. Ah, you set me up. I can't laugh? I can laugh. I can laugh at a lot of things. It doesn't mean that I think it's right. It just means that for that moment, I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it all depends on where it comes from. And there is definitely a tone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've heard people well, say yeah. that word. I've heard people use that word. And it's just, there's a very different sound that comes out of people's mouths when they're being funny, I guess, and when they're being serious. But sometimes people say oh, it true. the funny way, but they're being serious. And that's when it gets real awkward. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God! I had a lady the other day. I worked at a call center, and this lady was complaining about how she didn't qualify for some program for to help her pay for her utilities. And she's like, you know, well, I, I'm white, so I don't qualify. It's, 
I don't qualify because I'm not a minority. The blacks and the Puerto Ricans, why she singled that particular group out? You know, <laughs> Puerto Ricans. And now they're she's the minor- speaking They're the majority loud. now. And I went, yeah, I'm really uncomfortable. I didn't, you know, I've done a lot of writing, done a lot of public speaking, comedy, you know, sort of stuff. And like, I don't have a response for that. I'm like, I got nothing. This is what you do. You lean forward, Paul, and you go, hey. Could you keep your fucking voice down? <laughs> Would you shut the fuck up? <laughs> Are you serious right now? Sometimes you got to throw shock at that. You know what I'm saying? You got to fight fire with fire. <laughs> when somebody comes at you real aggressive, you just got to give them your real feeling. Like, are you talking out loud right now? What the fuck is happening? And <laughs> look them right in the face. <laughs> they go, what? And then they go, I'm not a racist or anything. I'm not racist. You think I'm you have just... an understanding of racism. You know, I grew up in South Arkansas, and I thought I had a racist hometown. Turns out it's just full of assholes. This is one of those jokes I've never been able to make work, but it's actually not a joke because really whatever negative stereotypes you have about black or white people is very prevalent in my hometown. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're kind of right on that one. <laughs> That's right. We eat our cereal out of old fucking Cool Whip balls, man. <laughs> it's all the same. Yeah. It's poor. Poor people do fucked up shit. <laughs> Sometimes it's to survive. Sometimes it's for entertainment. You know, like it's, we got they got nothing better to do. <laughs> We're just hanging out. Right, well. Fuck it. <laughs> but you can't say shit because well, I like calling people out, and then you get the "I'm not a racist" speech. I'm not a racist. I'm just you know fucking. I got black friends. And I was thinking about it the other day because I don't say fucked up shit a lot. And when I do, I'll say it to a black person if I really want to know what time it is. Just to test it out. I say, hey, man, you know, something, something. Can you believe this shit that's going on? And then they'll either give me what they feel or they'll shut me down. And I've not been shut down many times. You know, I feel like it's little stand up that I do throughout the day. I'm interacting with people for like five minutes at a time. Hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? How's your mama? You know, shit like that. Oh, shit. And then when I get to work, it's fucking dick jokes and, and shit. And you better shut up or I'm going to come back there and fuck you in the mouth. Just saying shit like that to my boss. I'm going to spit in your butthole. Like, you're sharpening shit. And I just, I know I'm going to be able to use this one day. And I enjoy that. It just sucks that I can't really get into spending time on it maybe i should start just writing shit like looking for stuff and punch up is that rude to like read somebody's jokes and just be like hey man maybe uh (laughs) i think that's probably rude yeah you shouldn't do that like adding tags (laughs) oh Uh, no i think a lot of people you know like to like to get feedback because anything we can do to you know is we're all just trying to get better and if you've got an idea, hey, this might work, and sometimes it does. Like, I've helped comics write bits and helped other comics have helped me. So, yeah, dude, uh, comics are pretty open to criticism because if you get on stage and you fall flat, you're going to wish you'd listen to some feedback. I gave somebody so some you, uh, the other night at an open mic. And who am I? I've done it three times. This guy did a, a set, little five-minute whatever. And he came off, and I was talking. I remembered it very well, what he said. It was funny. He was talking about somebody's girlfriend getting caught smuggling drugs that she had hid, like, a half ounce in her pussy, right? 
And uh, so the way he set it up and the punchline was, oh, wow, that's a lot of pot to stuff in her fucking snatch. Like, it was that kind of a thing. Like, I didn't realize your wife fucking could stuff half an ounce of weed in her pussy. You know, something like that. And in my mind, I know how much a half ounce of weed is. So I'm like, that is kind of a lot of weed to stuff in there. (laughs) But from my angle, and I told him this after, I said, hey, man, check it out. When you said that, the first thing I thought was, because he said that the reason she could stuff a half ounce in there was because she had had two kids. Right? Yeah. (laughs) So my first response, as soon as he said it, the wheel clicked. And when he came off stage, I said, hey. When you when the punchline on that, instead of being like, "Oh wow, that's a lot of weed to stuff in there," but you've had two kids, be like, "Hey, bitch, how much did your kids weigh? Like seven pounds, and all you got in there was a half ounce? Like, what the fuck? You should have at least got like three and a half. What the fuck? Like, and just kind of go into one of those. And I mean, I didn't know if he really he pre, he was like, "Oh yeah," and I, he walked off, and I was like, "Okay, well." So I'm still kind of on the I've only been in there a couple times So people are very friendly though They're being receptive I don't know Yeah, Like I said most comics I think they want To hear how to get better And you know Just come at them you know respectfully And most of the time they'll either take it or leave it Or say here's why You know like I've You know talked to a couple comics There's one guy who used to use the wrong word For stuff I was like, hey, man, uh, that's not what that word means. <laughs> Did he make that a bit? Because that's what I would have done. I'd be like, I've been saying the wrong shit for a while. and would have been saying it and found out what that was. You ever had one of those words where you're just fucking wrong? Yeah, <laughs> all the time. So that's why, and, you know, before I go up in front of, you know, potentially dozens to hundreds of people, I'd like somebody to pull me aside and go, use it this way, or you pronounce it this way. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I had one not too long ago. It was punctual. I didn't know what fucking punctual meant. I thought it meant you had really good, like, grammar, like punctuation. <laughs> I said, you know where to put, like, commas and shit, right? Okay. And my wife was like, yeah. um... No. <laughs> Turns out being punctual means being on time. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's one of the things that you would like to know before you make an ass of yourself in front of a lot of people. For you look like a fucking idiot. Like, somebody on Twitter the other day, legit, they were talking about something and they said, I didn't know relish was made out of pickles. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was like, oh. Like... How did you get to be 35 and you don't know that relish is made out of pickles? Because they said that they had experienced somebody putting a pickle on a hot dog and they're like, that's gross. And it's like, it's relish, but like not relish. Uh-uh, that's disgusting. No, it's it's whole relish. Oh, I guess <laughs> if you don't eat relish, you just don't know. People are weird. <laughs> Oh, that's true. That is very true. I don't know. There's hope. I think there's still a lot of people out there that have a sense of humor. I think that's what's going to end up saving us in the long run. Yeah, I think that's kind of like the... I've heard comedy referred to as like the last bastion of free speech, and I don't, I don't know about that. But I do think that, you know, comics are... They a lot of stuff because... You know, or that other people are kind of being told not to say... 
and you know we bring up these issues that you know people don't want to talk about because that's that's just sort of what we do it's your job <laughs> yeah exactly you got to turn the mirror that's what you're holding the mirror up like hey I think that's probably the biggest philosophy with with in my opinion with comedians is you're a mirror you're just you're letting people see and when they get pissed off it's because you're showing them something that they don't like and it's usually shit that they hate about themselves that's why people yell at people on stage you know it's because they don't have the balls to do it so they want to fucking yell at you and criticize you while you're doing your shit and it's like you're really just mad because you don't fucking have the nuts you got no nuts you don't want to come stand up here and tell somebody how you feel so shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, can't stand that way. People that, that do crazy shit, you know, uh, rapists, pedophile, you know, everybody makes those jokes. That's that's just kind of the thing. And it's sometimes people get mad about that shit. And it's just, everything is crazy. There's some creepy motherfuckers out there, too. I guess it's rightfully so. I don't know. There's a very fine line, you know, like people are getting yeah. in trouble for making rape jokes and shit. And like most people are kidding, but some people really aren't. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of humor in a dark place, but I think some people, they rely a little too much on, oh, let's just be shocking. And there's not a lot of things more shocking than rape and I don't know, dude. Murder, that sort of thing. This day and age, everybody's so desensitized. I don't even know if that's working anymore because people actually do make jokes about rape where they're just like, ah. That's <laughs> actually true. Here's the thing, though. Most of the people that do it, that I listen to or that make the jokes, are funny people that actually do it well. Like Sam Kinison. Like, oh, there are people that can deliver that message. Dice Clay. Uh, the fucking, who's the other, uh, Bill Hicks. There's a lot of... Yeah, well, there is a skill to it that a lot of people don't have. Dave Chappelle. But think they have, or they're trying to develop, and it's just, it, it can be painful to watch. It's not a good place to start. Can we, can we agree on that? <laughs> like, maybe you should work on a Absolutely. dick joke. Work on a dick joke or two. And then work your way up to, like, a Saturday night party joke. <laughs> Don't just jump right into the rape. <laughs> That's no bueno. Maybe get to a murder. Work your way up to a murder joke. Like a clean cut, I killed somebody joke and see how that goes. And then go to the rape joke. <laughs> yeah, don't just, you know. Go right there. I had a comic the other day who actually managed, well, the other day, it was months ago, but he managed to walk part, a part of our audience because he just went too dark too fast. And I was like, dude, you've got to win the crowd before you go off the deep end. Man, i got to come check you out know, one of these. The crowd friends. likes you. If you've won them over, you can do a little bit, you know, more risque stuff, try some stuff out, but... You know, they, they're just now seeing you, and you're like the second comic up, and you're going into, you know, rape and murder and school shootings. It's, come on, dude. Turn that shit down. 
that was always one thing that made me nervous because, like I said, I've only done it a couple times, so I've only had to figure out an opening statement. And I think for me, that's probably the hardest fucking thing to do, like to walk onto a stage and to just start talking. It's weird because once I start talking, like with this podcast, man, maybe we got a little bumpy, you know, there in the beginning because we don't fucking know each other. I think we've had a pretty good conversation. We've been talking for about an hour. I think so. I think that once you put the train on the track, man, I'll steer that motherfucker. But the idea of like figuring out how to walk onto a stage and and take it still kind of eludes me. And maybe I just haven't found the right joke. I'll find it one day. Yeah, well, I years in, I'm still I'm still struggling with that. I'm like, how do I start this? What do I say at the beginning? And you know, usually it's just is something about the venue or I don't know if it's like a place I've been several times and I know I can't really do that but you know can I tell you I did a show in Nashville and the, sh- the stage was like this weird triangle but it was like was it even and I said to him well this is cool I've done theater in the round but I've never done comedy in an isosceles triangle oh, that's weird were you on the skinny uh, end or the fat end isosceles triangle works <laughs> did you just kind of stay back in the wide spot <laughs> did you walk out yeah, well, onto the point sort, of sort of stay I don't know I, over, I think about movement a lot because one of the things I heard in Toastmasters which is where I got a lot of my speaking training is if you move on stage there should be a reason oh so I just sort of got in the middle of the stage and sort of stayed in that general area. But do you believe that? You've done it for three years. Do you think it has an impact on what you do and how a crowd reacts? Now, do you mean move your mm-hmm. hands or like to move your body? Just to move your body. Like, I've seen people pace and it's distracting. Yeah, I pace. I saw a guy having a really good set, but he was walking back and forth and had to keep flipping to get it out of his way. And I like, man, if you would just stand still... Was it me? You be ten times better. <laughs> Was it my big stupid ass lumbering around on stage? <laughs> I, I feel like yeah, a I don't giant. remember your movements being distracting. Yeah, like if your movements are natural, that's fine. But like if you're just pacing for no reason, nah, that gets a little distracting. I do like a step forward and a step backwards. Like I just kind of and I look at the floor a lot. I did one with sunglasses on. And it's because the spotlight hurts my eyes, man. Like, and it's tough because I don't want to be standing there squinting. Yeah, I actually remember you talking about that. Well, you at least you addressed it at the beginning. Like, I'm going to wear sunglasses because this hurts my eyes. I didn't know because it's a dick move to wear sunglasses at night, number one. It's a dick move to wear oh, sunglasses yeah. inside. Unless you're blind, you can get away with it. Or black. If you're black, you can wear sunglasses in a club at night. It's okay. Nah, you're still a dick. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I said it. I put on my glasses. And you know what happened is I fucking ended up, like, staring more at the floor anyway. And I didn't have good mic control that night, I remember. Because I kept having... But I talk loud. And there was not a lot of people there. So everybody heard me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think I used my diaphragm enough to project to the back of a room. But... I my fucking mic got way low and I kept having to pull it back up and then I would hear myself register when I'd get it up and it would be all loud. I'd be like, oh, fuck. Anyway. (laughs) 
And that having the scar is kind of a thing because I feel like I have to address that. It's it's distracting as shit. It's like having a bunch of tattoos or, you know, I don't know. Or am I wrong on that? Do I need to start figuring out how to just get past that and don't even mention it? I, well, I think it's distinctive enough. You can turn it into a bit because, I mean, I remember when you started talking about getting shot and it was the audience reacted. I mean, it was pretty funny, but like people were like, oh, shit, he got shot. And people like, I don't know, that just wound up being a weird night anyway, because so many at the end of the night, it was like, so some guy got shot in the face, and then the show got weird? <laughs> so it worked out great. <laughs> no, uh, the one guy was there. I can't remember his damn name. Oh, man. This sucks. Michael. Michael. Mm, shit. Mike. He's the dude with the hand, the hand crutches. Oh, Charles Michael. Charles Michael. Charles Michael Gidry, yeah. Charles Michael, hilarious. Yep. He yeah, fucking very funny. he was the MC that night, <laughs> so he made his way on stage in between each time. And as he's got some kind of a situation, you know, I don't know what do you know what he has specifically. So I'm not being rude. I'm just saying he gets around a little slow. And he's got hand crutches, so that's brain enough. injury. It's enough for people to be like, "Whoa, he's a funny guy." And I think that those yeah. folks that have been dealt that kind of a hand have a very good way of processing shit. You have to. So it was kind of weird because he was the MC, and then you had me just telling a story about getting shot. Uh, some dude was singing a lot. <laughs> couple people said fuck you know like there were people that got cut and then it was a good set though i think with the comics that night i had a weird one with um i think his name was peter sayers maybe and then there was another guy there like eric something and anyway i was trying to be i was trying to be funny it was after the show and somebody said something and i don't know what it is uh Somebody wanted to take a picture with Peter, right? And they he asked the other dude to take a picture. And I was just standing there. And maybe I was should have just minded my own fucking business. But they were saying something about getting it all in frame. And he was like, I got to back up or something. And I said, yeah, she wants to get a picture with his cock in it. Like something just being funny. And, uh, yeah, that one fell flat. <laughs> and they took the picture. And then uh, the lady walked off and the one dude stared at me for a minute i was just like i'm just playing and he was like uh-huh and he, oh man <laughs> now i feel like an asshole so i have awkward moments where sometimes my shit don't land i'm just trying to be funny i'm just trying to make people laugh but sometimes you just time it wrong i guess well yeah i mean this is not an exact science so sometimes <laughs> jokes are gonna fall flat and sometimes they're gonna work I, I I had a set bomb like hell with a loony band that I had video of it absolutely crushing. Oh no! <laughs> was it just like a five minute spot, or was it like a set? Yeah, uh, it was long set. I was well. It was uh, just open mic in a loony band, and like I said, I had video of it absolutely crushing. And then I walked in one night, I just showed up to support, and I walked in. So I was like. You know, I'd been in the, I had actually hosted the one before, so we weren't, you know, you're not supposed to be in 
but like every other one. Right, right. So I, I just walked in. All I want to do is support. And I was like, hey, we need a host for tonight. Can you do that? I'm like, okay, fine. So I'm hosting the show, and then I just started launching into my bed at the end, which I don't know if it's just I, I tried without like announcing that I was starting the set, but people, the audience was not ready for it. And I had this one joke that I threw out that I had to stop performing because the audience was laughing so hard. This time I threw it out. You could have heard a pin drop. Oh. <laughs> oh, I bet that fucking sucked. <laughs> well, it kind of did, but some of the best advice I got when I was starting out in comedy is, you know, we, we talk about bombing all the time and how yeah, big a deal yeah. that is. And, it, it has to uh, happen, Actually, man. Billy Pirate, the guy who started the Hibernia Open Light, told me that you kind of have to get to where you don't give a shit. I mean, you want to care yeah. about what you're doing, but if you bomb, you can't really care that you bombed that one particular time. And I just got to work. I was just, I knew I'd gone to this new level because I, I stopped and I was like, well, I have video of this coming. I know that's a good joke. It didn't work for you guys, but whatever. And so, so I was like, okay, suck. that joke killed last time. You guys can kiss my ass. Yeah, you people fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, you know, you have to, uh, you got to bomb. You got to get that, that smell of defeat. It's kind of what will motivate you. It's weird, man. People that don't get that Well, turnout. it keeps you grounded. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the yeah. first time I really, really bombed, I decided I wasn't half bad. I didn't have to prepare. I didn't want to, you know, sound stale and rehearsed. And I started with some stuff that had worked before. That night it wasn't. I had all these elaborate motions I was going to do, and I just sort of started staring at the floor and got <laughs> really monotone, just got through it. And my big closer was, Billy, come get this mic. <laughs> and oh, almost, man. I was almost ready to give up comedy because of that. Just fuck it. I was it. like, man, if this is what bombing <laughs> feels like, man, I don't want to go through this. Can I tell but you? But now... I, no, go ahead. But now, but now you know if I bomb, it's like I've got enough <laughs> good sets under my belt that I'm like, eh, wasn't my night, whatever. I think that since I waited so long to even try it, one thing that in my mind I've kind of made up, and I've like I said every time so far, it's not a lot, but I can feel it when I get on that stage. All I have to do is talk. You know, like, it's just all I have to do is talk. I'm not saying I'm the funniest person in the world, but I can make people laugh. The hard part is figuring out how to start doing it, you know, and then to do it consecutively for five minutes. And I think once I get over that, maybe that'll be another thing. The last time I, I took the stage, I took it. like, And I, I said that to myself. I got a little nervy right before. And I walked on stage and I took that fucking microphone out because I'm a big fan of the Bernie Mac You Don't Understand set. I love that fucking set. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. I've heard now other people break it down and talk about it and explain, you know, like where he was at in his career at that time and what was happening at the show that night and just set it all up for you. And you look at that situation and you listen to him demand fucking laughter out of that fucking crowd and the thing is is he didn't give a shit if you laughed or not he didn't give a fuck <laughs> and I think that's kind of what it is it's like you have to care 
enough to make them laugh, but you have to not care if they do or not. You don't it's understand. It's a fine line that's hard to find. You don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. <laughs> and that's what I walked in there. I took that fucking microphone out and I sat that shit down on a thing and I said, this is my stage for the next five minutes. <laughs> and I looked at them yeah. and then I fucking tore into it. And I, it, I started with the, I don't, I've got it recorded. I'm not going to fucking put you through it. But basically, I've always thought that Led Zeppelin whole lot of love is a funny song because obviously he's talking about a dick right it's a whole lot of dick that's what he wants to say and so i actually mimic that and i i can sing a little i love karaoke i think that's part of the reason why i like stand up because it's kind of the same thing just standing in front of people and hey give me some attention please you know um yeah, I fucking go into it. I wonder what the conversation was the night that, you know, they played that for the executive the first time. He said, let's play the song we're working on. You need cool that. And I go all the way into it, fucking down the thing. I'm going to give you this dick. Oh, got a whole lot of dick. <laughs> fucking mimic it and pantomime. That did okay, and then I say, you know, and this was true. That day I was trying to figure out an, a different word to say instead of dick because I felt like maybe it was a little too strong. But nothing really fit. Dong was the only other one, and my wife said that it was kind of hard to hear when I say that, so maybe people would misunderstand if I was like, got a whole lot of dong. So. It's hard to replace dick. Yeah, you got sometimes you need dick. Cut that. No. Uh, so I did that, and then I go into I I looked at a list of different names for dicks today, and blah blah blah, and I named off a couple that I knew would probably get a laugh because they were just funny, like Gristle Missile and Beaver Buster and shit like that. And then I said the one that made me laugh the hardest was Thumper. That's it, cause thumper means that's a big old dick. <laughs> that's a big old dick. I said, you got a dick called a thumper, you probably would get that tattooed on the side. <laughs> it wouldn't say thumper all the time. It would say thump most of the time. And uh, that did okay, you know. Just it was fun, man. I enjoyed it, and I got fifteen people to laugh for a minute. And that was enough for me. I was like, yay. It's a good night. So I talked about <laughs> getting, you know, my scar. And it's I felt like I had to open with that. But I went a different route. I was just like, hey, you know, you guys over here on this side of the room, you're probably going to wonder at some point what the fuck happened to his face. You know, and I was like, I got shot. It's like, it's not a funny story. What is funny is that. Most of the time when I tell people I got shot, they ask me if I did it. And then I'm like, do you think I'm too stupid to shoot myself in the head? Like, what the fuck, man? That's kind of a rude question. <laughs> so I've learned to kind of get around it being funny. But, you know, having a scar that goes halfway across your head and I'm missing a finger, too. Like, it's you see it right away. So it's kind of one of those things. Like, if I don't talk about it. I don't know what you're the thinking. The audience is going to have questions. I mean, if you have something distinctive like that, I mean, they're going to wonder. Yeah. It's on my face. It's my fucking grill, man. <laughs> like, it's, when you look at me, that's what you see. You you have to. And people are like, oh, I don't see it. Shove it up your ass. I, I know. <laughs> it's there. I get it. 
I see it every fucking day when I look in the mirror. <laughs> I hate taking pictures. I have a good side and a bad side. You know what I mean? Like, it just it is what it is. But I think it's given me enough practice and it's given me enough armor that I don't even care if you laugh. I'm just talking and I want you to laugh, but it isn't about you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know what I'm saying is funny. <laughs> Well, that's kind of what you have to get to. You know, I mean, you just, you know that you know, even if you're having a tough set, you know that in any moment you can drop a joke that's going to get the audience back. And do you do a lot of crowd work? I'm really, I really don't. I'm not a crowd work guy. I mean, yeah. I, on occasion, in like, well, I feel like you I have to. I did in Nashville. We had these crazy homeless people who lived in a tent who just started talking, like, I'm doing jokes about not having kids, and this guy yells, hey, man, I had a granddaughter last night, and just started riffing on this guy, like, what the fuck? <laughs> and like, even while it was going on, I was like, when the fuck did I turn into the crowd work guy? <laughs> and, uh, See, I, I've had it work, but most of the time, it's like, yeah, okay, fuck it. I don't know, dude. Like, I feel like I would be more of a, hey, shut the fuck up kind of guy. No, that I get. No, um, sorry, I was coughing. Um, well, I've been coughing this whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I have not been at full voice this entire time. <laughs> That's not. I'm not even really here right now. So, Paul, it's been a pleasure getting to know you, and I do want to talk about some other stuff. Um, I I saw you on Spooky Talk Show. I enjoy that show. <laughs> it's pretty good. I like homegrown shit. I've just recently been introduced to, uh, what, Brain Brain Trust, Brain Game. Brain Trust, Michael Brown. Michael yeah. Brown. I've watched a couple episodes I've been on of that. that. I think it's really cool, man. And I just, you seemed like an interesting dude. And I've only got to meet you a couple times. But I said, you know, the first few people that kind of came to me, I was like, I'm going to have to get to know these people a little bit more. I think I just happened to come in on a good night. I met you. I met Jay, uh, Da Vinci, Kayla Esmond, uh, a couple different people. Oh, yeah. And I've really enjoyed it. So that's cool. It's been a pleasure. And uh, with that spooky talk show shit, are you doing like writing on that? Is that kind of what you're going to be doing on the side now, helping with that? Well, wrote on it for two seasons it's on hiatus right now and i i'm focused on some other projects right now so i'm probably not gonna ah. continue with that but i mean it has been a lot of fun but, and it's a it's a cool show and i still support it i'm still a big fan of it so it's good times man but this kid is knocked out it's good his little ass needs to take a nap you know i really wasn't sure if i wanted to have kids and it's been okay so far. <laughs> I'm really waiting for the payoff on this one. Yeah, I think for my dad, the payoff is when I got old enough where I could drive and he could just drink. And that does sound You just pick up a six pack and be like, here you go. I cannot lie. I mean, that thought has crossed my mind because we have a few friends whose kids are just about there. <laughs> and like somebody's niece, I think, just got her permit and we were like, oh shit. We got a DD now, son. It's crazy, man. Some of these kids, they don't even know. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> what 
what do you mean you got left home alone? We got left home alone. We made fucking macaroni and cheese and shit and blew shit up, and that's what we did, man. <laughs> Sometimes we had to I think sit. that's where a lot of the, the creative process comes from is the fact that we had to entertain ourselves as kids. It's, and so we're used to coming up with ideas to entertain ourselves, so then I, that's why we're comedians. That is true, man. But it's like, also, now they have iPads and shit. So kids are entertained by, you know, just copious amounts of information. Shit that we never would have considered. We had encyclopedias, man. Who had, and not even right, all of right. them. We had to go dig for information. We couldn't just type a, a general <laughs> idea into the search bar. We had to. If you yeah. needed to know about fucking pine cones. And you didn't have the P encyclopedia? Good luck. <laughs> right? They're fuck pine cones are brown. They they call them off pine trees. Fuck, how many sentences is in a paragraph, yo? <laughs> yeah, then the uh freaking teachers, you know, you, hey, how do you spell this word? Look it up. Well the dictionary is alphabetical, so I can't. Fuck. <laughs> I do kind of and agree. When the librarians taught us the Dewey Decimal System, that was their way of saying, we're done. Look this shit up yourself. I like the Dewey Decimal System. I never really liked to read, but I was always looking for like an easy class, so I got to be library assistant um, in like junior high. I think it was ninth grade. Yeah, start of ninth grade, because that was when September 11th happened. I was working in the library. I would just put books away. It was just a fuck-off class. I lived out in the country. You know, there wasn't shit going on. And they were just like, hey, do you want to not do shit for like the first 45 minutes of school? And I was like, yeah. Library assistant. Bam. <laughs> so we put books away. We go into the study hall there and play on computers. Play who wants to be a millionaire. Shit like that. And uh, that was a fun class. <laughs> you show up. You would turn on like the... The news video every morning there was like a, a PSA oh, yeah. little in in school news bulletin video thing you press play and fucking play the tape and it was it was all right I remember that that was when September 11th happened that was how I remember that because I was standing next to the study hall and the shit was on TV and like I saw the second plane hit the tower because that shit was on CNN and then I went to my next period class and I was just like hey guys um, you want to turn on the fucking TV for a second? And they were like, why? And I was like, so some crazy shit going on at the moment, you know? And they were like, what? And they didn't believe me. It was weird. Like if you could imagine like seeing like a bomb go off or something and you were just like, Hey guys, uh, some shit's hitting the fan right now. And they'd be like, sit down. It's okay. What do you shut up? We're going to do clay. Like, no, 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 no. Turn the TV on for a second. And, turn the tv on and they see all the shit and then like some girl got called out of class she started crying and shit and it was all nuts Man. i don't think we got to go home early that day so they obviously didn't freak out that bad some schools did like some of the younger classes i think they sent them home early that was crazy yeah, i was in college and i remember i was skipping class I don't know, I think I was going through depression and just didn't feel like going anywhere. And I walked through the student center, people gathered around the TV, and I didn't really pay attention. Went back to my room, I was playing regular Nintendo, a buddy of mine barges in, I was like, all right, turn off the game. Hmm? Turn on the news, and it's like, oh, shit. Man, 
Christmas. And I remember MTV was still playing shitty music videos. <laughs> Hanging around. That's a good song. Maybe that was the wrong song. I was just thinking MTV. <laughs> I smell sex and candor. Man. There's been a couple of those like just crazy moments on TV where you're like, what? <laughs> you're sitting here watching. Like the Las Vegas thing was one of them now from just the other day. Like just hearing them gunshots. Oh, yeah. I remember September yeah, I was 11th. Yeah, I stuff out through Facebook. Like the first thing I see is prayers for Vegas. I'm like, ah, damn it, now what? And then I look at the news. I'm like, oh, no. No, this is a different one. <laughs> People are freaking out bad over it. But I don't know. Like, I don't know what the answer is. So people are just yelling. Just yelling. They're not yelling at anybody. They're just yelling. It sucks. Well, that's that's the world we live in. People just want to yell. I hate people sometimes. Sometimes I hate myself. You've got to have somebody to blame. And it's it's kind of a shitty way to go about life. But (laughs) I hope that they figure this gun shit out. Because having been a person who's been shot before, Paul... I have a perspective that not a lot of people get. <laughs> That's getting shot and living. And let me tell you something. I'd much rather not be shot again. And I don't think that people that haven't been shot understand just how permanent shot is. You know what I'm saying? It's permanent. You're putting holes in somebody's body. Like, you just can't. You just can't do that. <laughs> it's a, It's well. so crazy to me. It's, I don't know, like, it's a feeling that I can't explain. Like, just knowing what it's like to literally be at the moment of going, I I might fucking die right now. Like, this this could be it. That's something you can't instill in somebody. And so to, to know that there are people out there who intentionally or unintentionally, I understand accidents happen. I, you know, it is what it is. It's so permanent. <laughs> like, you might die. You shouldn't shoot people. You shouldn't threaten to shoot people. Why do you need all them goddamn guns? Why do you need all those fucking machine guns, man? Get a shotgun, maybe a pistol, a muzzle loader. You know, if you're a military or a police officer, get get you a couple of the guns that you use while you're working. You know what I'm saying? I get that. It's just, it's strange. I heard somebody make a good point the other day about the NFL shit that's going on right now. And I don't usually get into political stuff, but there's a lot of feelings about it, you know, cause now the president's telling football players that if they don't fucking stand up, that they're assholes and bastards and all this stuff. And it's, they made rules now that they have to, I would just say, why don't you just don't show it on TV? Why don't you just fuck the whole pooch? How about that? <laughs> Stop yeah, all this shit point. and figure this out. Somebody made the point what they should do is they should take a collection from all these fucking football players that want to make a point. We're not saying give millions. I understand you work hard for your money. Give $10,000. And your buddy give $10,000. And you do other so they take donations and then they donate that money to they get like a a rating system of poor police stations and shit around the country and they go to like the worst the worst crime laden fucking place in Missouri, the worst place in Tennessee, the worst place in Georgia, they go, okay, let's go to the worst station, and we give them fucking $100,000, $200,000. We get them all body cameras. We get them some training classes. We get them all this shit. You know, like, 
do something productive. Don't just sit around with your thumb up your ass and let people distract from what you're trying to do. Because that's what's happening right now is they're trying to make you look away to something else. And it's like, we really do have a problem. You think maybe you could focus a little attention on this? We're really in the culture of solving problems. We're in the culture of bitching about them. That's true. But <laughs> people, you know, if we if we point out a problem, look, we're we're fighting the good fight. Yeah, but I've always heard, don't bitch without proposing a solution. That's or maybe true. I said it. I don't know. But I honestly believe you shouldn't bitch about something unless you've got a solution. I'm with that. Yeah, that's my wife says that. <laughs> it's like, like if you don't fucking like what I'm saying right now, give me another option and let's weigh that. And I mean, and I realize that a lot of things you don't have just one simple clear cut solution. But yeah. don't just come at me with rage. You know, like, oh, cops did this and this, and, and, and this group did this. And okay, well, what do you want me to do? What should they do instead? What? Yeah. It's all very militant, very aggressive. We're going to have to hit a point where people are going to have to be able to recognize what they're becoming. I just don't know if people are going to care by the time we get there because everybody's becoming so desensitized to how fucked up life really is. A lot of of low points to be had in all different facets and not a lot of high points. I was telling my wife the other day, like, you know what? I don't know how many times I've heard people say this. I know one comedian in particular said it, and when he said it out loud, it kind of made sense to me at that point. I said, you know what? This, I feel that way. That's how I feel. Neil Brennan talks about <laughs> his battles with depression and anxiety and shit like that. And he said oh, yeah. in a podcast it. that he doesn't know what joy feels like. Like, he doesn't know what it feels like to be happy. Like, he doesn't have the receptors. <laughs> so, all the success that he had was never enough because he didn't have the off switch. Like, he didn't have the fulfillment, the success, the happiness feeling. And that was his ultimate downfall with Chappelle Show, with everything. Like, it was just, you know, too much. He was on drugs, trying to balance it out, and it wasn't working. And I feel that way, dude. Like, I don't know. Uh, I could say the day my son was born was happy. My wife, we got married. You know, there's happiness in there now. But, like, from before that, I don't really know if, as a child, I ever felt, like, joy, like, happiness. Like, yeah, you know, it's just, it doesn't, it's not in there. (laughs) So, some days, it's really hard to be that guy. But I try to be happy as much as I can because I feel like if you put that out, then you affect everybody with that around you and then you get good vibes back. Now, if you come at me with shitty vibes, I'm going to give some back to you. And this will, it'll be a fire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just that kind of a person. I can go both ways. No, I get that. But I'm genuinely always trying to just be in a good mood and be, hey, man, what's up, motherfucker? How you doing? You know, and it's it works good for me. I like it. It keeps me balanced. And a little bit of pot, that helps. All jobs I get, I, you know, have to take a drug test, so. That does suck. Yeah. You know, it's, you just gotta, I gotta be careful. That's all it is. <laughs> so I try to uh, avoid having incidents or issues to where 
uh, it's a problem. You know what's really shitty about it is just the fact that we're fixing. I'm going to get a medical card, obviously. Like you know, I'm. I believe that it does keep me in the right state of mind to deal with people, having dealt with a lot of the shit that I've had to deal with, and I believe I should. No, I mean, I walk in and get me a PTSD license and just call it a day. Um. But yeah, that's going to be weird, like just having that happen because that's not still not going to be legal for my job. So I'm still going to have to be just as careful, you know, about what I'm doing. That sucks. Hopefully, I'll probably have to switch professions eventually. You ever think about that? What's next? <laughs> what's well, next? next to get legalized? No, just what's next? What's the next job? What's the next thing that's going to pay more than when you're oh. making that? It's just. Ugh. I oh, know. I hate my fucking job. I think about what's next all the time. I wish I knew, man. You know, people tell me all the time, oh, oh, fucking, you're still here for a reason. You know, God had a plan. I'm not a very religious person. I uh, I sit and wonder sometimes, well, fuck, man. I'm probably here for a reason. I just wish I could figure it out. Because <laughs> I'm getting tired of waiting. I, I got to figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's when you hit the next point in life. I just turned 30, so maybe it'll be in the next five years or so. At least get a direction. Uh, I got to figure something out. I mean, my problem is people always ask, well, what do you, you want to do? What do you like to do? What's your dream job? I never had an answer for that. I mean, you know, yeah, comedy, but like, I know there's a disadvantage of the comedy. Like, we were talking about the travel and all that. But... Ah, uh, man, I don't know. There's got to be a way. And that's what, exactly what you just said. Like, people say, what do you want to do? What do you have aspiration? Motherfucker, I survived for fit for eight, 20 years by myself. That's what I did. Like, I didn't go to college. I didn't have a fucking plan. I didn't plan to fucking not be in jail, you know, or in a trailer park right now. Like, so just being here is is good enough for me. And it sucks because when you're in that situation, you just do a job that'll pay the bills instead of what you want to do because you don't really want to do anything. Got to figure that shit yeah, out. And yeah, I've just never really had that kind of you know direction. I've just always envied people that just can sit there and say, yes, this is what I want to do. And I'm like, I don't have a good answer for that one. Yeah, I don't either. I... Uh... I hope something. Yeah, I like to cook. Maybe I'll get a food truck one day. That'd be fun. I can just talk shit to people yeah, that'd be cool. out the window. Just be like, what up, motherfucker? You want a sandwich? <laughs> just serve them out of a yeah, van. That could be your, that could be your you know, shtick. You know, you're the, the custom food truck guy. I'll get a white van with no windows, and I'll cut a fucking drive through window on one side, and I'll call it the rape truck. And I'll just drive around, and I'll serve burritos. <laughs> I'll be like, what up, motherfucker, and talk shit. And I'll just, you have to make sure the food's really good. People will put up with some blatant, oh, yeah. Some blatant, like, problems if the food is good. <laughs> They'll deal with terrible puns for the names of, sh- of food as long as it's delicious. So if I showed up in a oh, place yeah. called Rape Truck, I better have the best goddamn carne asada burritos on this side of the river. And you're going to know it because I'm going to call it the fucking the raw dog or something. And it's going to be like the best burrito you ever had. And you're going to be like, I really like the raw dog from the rape truck. 
It just better be good. That's the only rule. And you really got to have some good presentation on that one. <laughs> you got to get grilled onions. You got to get some coleslaw, maybe. Wrap it in a gag. <laughs> oh, shit. Man, uh, I think the baby's about to There's such up. a thing as too far, regardless of whether it's good or not, though. You think so? Like, you think there's a, a food that uh, well, think about I mean, the best think meal that- you ever had? If like, it's too offensive, I think that, you know. I don't know, dude. I'd probably put up with a with a, something terrible. Like, okay. <laughs> what if what if it was, like, the best barbecue sandwich? Like, pulled pork. It's, like, the best barbecue sandwich you ever had. Do you think that you could call it, let's see. It's a barbecue sandwich, so who could you offend with barbecue? Hmm, maybe that's a bad example. I don't know. I'm trying to think. You got me all fucked up now. I don't know. I think I lost it. Damn it. <laughs> I'm about to write that down. You got me off on a tangent, bro. Food that's so good, it's okay I, I, if it's I'm racist. I'm intrigued with where that was going. No, 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 no. That's, I, I'll sit here and hack this shit out. I'm just trying to think, like, what would be something that would be so good that people would still buy it even though it was called something terribly offensive? <laughs> like, how about... Mm, do you think... I don't know. Shit. <laughs> That's going to get real bad, I think. I'm good. I'm going to let it walk. <laughs> Sounded like it was going somewhere bad. <laughs> it was going bad, yeah, because there's no way to present that funny right at the moment. I'm trying to think. Mm, let's see. Okay. Could you... Could you make a burrito... That was so good that it would be okay if you called it a. That's not really a good one for Mexican people. Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) Can't be incredibly racist. I'm not good at it. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Like, I get all balled up. There are some people that throw it around, like some comedians. I'm like, you're next level, dog. <laughs> I can't even go there. There was uh, one guy that I listened to that you don't said, have any practice at it, you know. One guy that uh said that he's not even gonna talk about like black race stuff anymore. He said he says, I'm just tired of it. He said, For now, I'm done. He said, People are so touchy right now and it's not even a big reason to for it to be in my act. So I'm just gonna leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, I tend to agree with him on that. Right. There's not a lot of original ways in which you can approach it now. It's, uh, the it's obvious, kind of been done to death. Everybody thinks they're going to make this some. Everything they have this unique perspective on. It's like nobody's thought of this, and yeah, they have. This okay. Well, fuck it. I think I know exactly where my mind first went with that joke. <laughs> I was thinking White Castle. The little fucking hamburgers, and they call them gut bombs. That's what my fucking grandpa used to call them. And I said, could you make a little tiny cheeseburger that was so good, but they're called (laughs) N-bombs? Would would that work? 
Do you think people would laugh at that if you were like, "What's that called? The end bomb?" And you fucking eat it, and you're I think like, "People are a little too sensitive about that." Oh, that's a good fucking sandwich. You should get the end bombs from over at the rape truck. Oh <laughs> uh, shit! I don't know, man. Like, I've never been around a lot of like Latino folks, so I don't know, like, what really makes. I've always had good interactions with motherfuckers that are Mexican or I met some Honduran folks. I haven't met like a lot of like Brazilian people, so I don't know how they would be, but like mostly Mexican. They all seem to be pretty cool. Like they're funny if they understand what you're saying, which nine out of ten times they do. It's uh it's good times. I think Latino folks usually have a good sense of humor, at least the ones I've interacted with so far. And that's good. Yeah, I can't really point to any group I've had just, uh, you know, overall negative experience with. Oh, yeah. Just old white people. They're the ones that get on my nerves, man. Like, 50-year-old plus. 50 to 70. In the back of fucking shit, like, shacks and, like, shops and behind cash registers and at gas stations and at Walmart. People you bump into and you're just like, hey. (laughs) Well, how about that president? Dude, that Obama shit was rough. People were talking crazy shit around here for a while. Not out loud, but they were just saying shit. Well, that was... A lot of that, I think, was just in response to being trying to, you know, people shutting down and trying to make a lot of stuff into a racial issue. I mean, they were like, I was not an Obama supporter, but he had policies that I didn't support before I even heard of Barack Obama. Right. And then all of a sudden, well, you're racist because you don't support that. Well, that's fucking stupid. No, it is kind of fucked. And that is definitely a tool that gets you And used. so, we're like, we're trying to avoid racism, but we're... We're bringing about it's because we're so focused on racism. We're creating it. So you're fo- so focused on not being racist that you're being racist. <laughs> yeah. I love that show Key and Peel. Uh, did you ever watch that? With uh, yeah, I watched some of that. They're they're a pretty funny group. That fucking uh, the racist zombie shit made me laugh so hard. Oh, I remember that was hilarious. <laughs> and they were running through the fucking neighborhood, and they were like, ah! And like jumping behind cars, and the fucking zombies were like grabbing their purses and walking and shit. They were like, oh, oh, fuck y'all. Just <laughs> some racist ass zombies. It's so funny, man. I love it. You just gotta be careful. You gotta not, like, you gotta really not have hate in your heart. That's the key. You know, that I think at the end of the day, if you've made enough of a connection with somebody or you have history like that's I've never said the thing. Well, I got black friends. The reality is I sat down and thought about it. Ninety percent of my friends have been black. You know what I'm saying? So like when I say that shit, I'm not being an asshole and just being like, yeah, this one time this black guy I fucking, you know. Cameron and 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 JC and fucking Billy and just the list. It's 35, 40 motherfuckers that I've known through my fucking life along with white kids that I've had good interactions. And I don't have no hate in my heart for any color of person. Sometimes motherfuckers will say funny shit. <laughs> and they're just being funny. Deal with it, man. That's real life for some people. 
yeah. There's never black people that are mad either. It's white people. They're like, you can't say that. It's like, you shut the fuck up. I've seen both. I mean, both sides. I've seen, but a lot of times, what you hear about people making us think about it is white people. But mm. you know, I I don't know because I I've got black friends that would admit they've pulled their black card once or twice. I would too if I had one. You know what I'm saying? If there was just some kind of bullshit going on, I would definitely get in that one and be like, "Oh, is it because I'm black?" Like, you know how fucking awesome it would be to be able to pull that card at a restaurant when somebody fucks up your eggs and you want some fucking some new shit and they're being dick about it. Just be like, "Oh, I bet if I was white, I could get some new fucking eggs." Like, it's that would be so much fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've done that at work. Like, I mean, we we all joke around with each other at work, but then you know, being the kind of a token white guy around there, so every now and then, oh, because I'm white, because I'm white. Yeah, okay. It's fun. <laughs> I've had that too. Shit, it's good, man. I think that that as long as people know that you're not a bad person, you can say just about anything. You just have to establish yourself as that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or be well, really, really like funny. Earlier, you know, build, build a relationship <laughs> with somebody before you, you know, push the boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Don't get it's. Don't go straight for third base, buddy. You gotta warm up. <laughs> That's gonna be this episode here for me. Sitting here brainstorming with Paul Hodge. Look at you. I've had a fucking focus group for almost two hours. <laughs> yeah. Shit, man. Well, look, the baby's about to get up, so I'm probably going to have to hop off here. But it's really been a pleasure talking to you, man. And I just want to let you man. know. I got my eye on you. It's good to know you. And uh, I fucking might hit you up again if you had fun. You know, I'll let you know when I post it. You can oh, listen yeah. to it. You can check it out. And just know, man, like, I don't get a lot of listens, but I got people that listen to this show. So, if you want to come back, you're more than welcome. You can bring people to me. I'll fucking let them sit here, and I'll, I'll talk about anything. We can all sit down. I do. This is my hobby, and this is how I like to produce content. I like to put eyes on people. So, if there's anybody you can think of, or you would like to come back with something on your fucking mind, I'd be more than happy to have you. Yeah, cool, man. So. Well, that's some fun. You have a wonderful fucking weekend, sir. And uh, what is your uh, what's your Twitter handle? Is at some uh, um, tell people how to get you a hold. I use it so little. It's uh, I think it's Blue Anchors Away. Or... Here, no, I'm gonna look it up right now. Oh, let me log into Twitter here. <laughs> I just I use it. Yeah, it's Blue Anchors Away. Blue Anchors Away. Blue Anchor Comedy. One Mr. Paul Hodge, local comic. He runs the open mic at the Hibernia Tavern. Is that it, right? Yep. Hibernia Irish Tavern. In the heart. 9700 North Rodney Perham, down the road from Little Bend. In the heart of beautiful Little Rock, Arkansas. You can find him there telling jokes, helping people develop a comedy career. And if you're listening to this in Arkansas, go check that shit out. <laughs> so, anywho. So, that's good. Man, I really appreciate you. 
That was cool. I didn't Wait, know what was going to happen. This is one of my favorite parts about the whole thing is meeting strangers. You know, I, this is all I get to do anymore. I get to sit around and talk to people. <laughs> so I appreciate the conversation more than anything. It's hard to talk at comedy clubs because you want to be polite. But like, you know, I've met some pretty interesting people and had like 10 minute conversations with them. So then I just got to track them down and go, hey, talk to me for a minute, motherfucker. You seem interesting. <laughs> But shit. Anywho, <laughs> you have a wonderful weekend. And uh, if you think of anything funny, hit me up. We'll talk back and forth if you like. I'll let you know when. It'll probably be next Saturday. I usually post on Saturday. So I'll uh, get it together and post right, it. Right on. Good deal, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care, man. Yeah. Man. So, there we go. We're still rolling, I think. Yeah. So, Paul Hodge. I told you it was going to be good. I got fumbled up there for a minute, y'all. I don't like saying racist shit. (laughs) I really don't. I know all these goddamn words, and it's fucked up that motherfuckers will say them to me, and I'm just like, you know you're not supposed to say that shit. Come on, man. I don't think I'm funny enough yet to start slanging around slurs and publishing this shit on the internet forever. I know I let one fly earlier, but I was fucking telling a story, and I'm not accountable for that. I was simply repeating. So fuck that shit. (laughs) Paul's a good dude. He's one of us. He's He's a broken toy. And, uh... I think he's funny. Uh, I've seen him perform a couple times, and I appreciate his uh, his sense of humor. It's a little blue. <laughs> and he's just a good dude. I'm happy to have him. And uh, you motherfuckers show him some love. It's, uh, it's Saturday again, baby. It's almost Halloween. Unfortunately, uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to do much. I thought I was going to get to take the baby trick-or-treating, and then I go to a fucking uh, carnival three nights ago. We walk in the door, and I, you know what? I ain't even mad about it because the little dude is a gangster, and he was cool until we fucking really got into the mix. And there was lights and fucking noise and food trucks and kids running around in costumes, adults in costumes, and I think it was just too much for him. You know, he freaked the fuck out and uh, we had to leave. It's like the first time we've been in a church in probably five years. So, but hey, we showed up. Fuck that. <laughs> and then we were supposed to go to like a, a boo at the zoo, which is, you know, Halloween shit at the zoo in Memphis. And uh, I'm going to miss that. I just I put put my foot down. I said I'm not gonna drive two and a half hours to fucking Memphis, Tennessee, to literally get to the gate and have to turn around and come back. Fuck that. So we're gonna skip it. I don't even know how regular Halloween's gonna go. He might see a couple of them costumes and freak the fuck out. So maybe next year. Maybe next year. Anyway. 
Thank you for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you motherfuckers for checking it out. And if you'd like to pass me along, you know, I just, I do this because I love it. And I love the fact that you all are interested in listening to anything I fucking have to say. So, if you want to get at me on Twitter, Pod at JodyB501. Uh, you all have a wonderful weekend. Have a happy Halloween. Stay out of jail. And, uh, yeah, man. I'll see you motherfuckers next week for another edition of the Po Boys Podcast. <laughs> the beast is out of the raging storm. In the dead of night, the ravenous blood sick creature searches for itself. Through the hideous darkness, it lurches.
Don't let me fall asleep Cause the boogeyman will creep Through my window in my room Stop! You think I'm gonna tell you? Bob, could you leave the door open a bit? Thanks. An easy way in, you fucking idiot. Now I stretch your neck out and play it like the banjo. Make them wild, make them like that shit, show. Then I stretch it out more and fling your head through the wall. It's the boogeyman, y'all.